Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. We've got a treat. We've got a Northern correspondent. We've been joined tonight, and it's Craig Ravel, Peter Norton, Tony Whitlock. We've been joined by Kirk Finesmith, who is back on the job. It's a job he started some 20-something years ago. We'll get to that in a second. Dirk, wonderful to have you here. It's uh, a bit warmer up there than both uh, the boys in Canberra and myself in uh, Geelong. Yeah, it certainly is. Thank you, and it's great to be with you guys. It's been a nice balmy 32 degrees and, and about, yeah, I don't know what the humidity is, but uh, no, it's been uh, fabulous weather. It's been awesome. Now, you were back to racing again. When did you start at the motor race at the Toronto? When was your first gig? My first gig, uh, my first proper paid gig was 93 uh, with Auto Action. Um, I did do some photos before that. My earliest record, uh, earliest photograph was the uh, touring car ATCC at um, Adelaide International Raceway in 89. Okay. All right, well, fast forward, and now we've got two photographers on board, which is great handy for a radio show to have two photographers. Oh, Peter totally. Norton, we are the Andy. <laughs> Peter Norton, um, Dirk, uh, you've stood side by side for many years uh, along walls and pit lane and out in the track. Um, you must encourage Pete to be one day back again yourself. Oh, I can't wait to get back trackside. Uh, the question is when? Uh, like a lot of people, feeling a little bit trapped by border restrictions and things like that. Uh, and as I say to people, I just want to go out and shoot people. Uh, whether it's an AFL game or something, just give me some sport to go out and shoot. <laughs> well, For the camera. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and we're now talking to somebody who was in the army at one stage, so let's just get that out of the conversation. <laughs> uh, as I have mentioned, the, the odd person who has annoyed me at the track, I am only a qualified killer. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dirk, um, you, you had two days of, of snapping your heart out. Was it was it good action? Did you get plenty of good shots? Yeah, I got some nice shots, um, and it was it was really weird because there was only the supercars running. Um, I thought I'd have plenty of time, but on the Saturday, um, basically the, it started at ten, and I did not stop at all until four thirty in the afternoon. And um, I must have got a bit of sun or something because I was I was a bit crooked by the by the time uh, we were having dinner that night. But, um, no, it was good. So, no, you know, there wasn't spectators. Well, there were some spectators, but generally we could get around. Craig? Yeah, Dirk, interesting because the race was time certain and they had a top 15 shootout, which on the television it was boring. I can only imagine what it was like trackside. And then multiple safety cars. It seemed like there was a lot of day for what eventually became a short race. Yeah, I'm not too sure why it was time certain, but anyway, um, the top 15 was good for me because I was able to do a bit of art through the trees um, and I was able to stand in the shade for a bit. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't understand why it was time certain that in the end. Hmm. Tell me, Dirk, um, your client list, can we just ask about you've got a number of teams that you're working for? 
no, not not at the moment. Um, a lot no, of things. Okay. Um, so I shoot for speedcafe.com. Yep. And I shoot for LAT, which is an English agency. And then yeah. they, they farm the pictures out to media all around the world. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, you are also doing something that uh, has been a particular habit and a, and a love of yours for many years, I've known of, um, mm. and that being wildlife. And you got that opportunity. Tell us something about that. Uh, I love photographing birds. Um, it's just uh, completely relaxing. It's quiet. I'm usually by myself. Um, and it's just therapeutic. And birds have been a passion of mine for a long, long time. And um, it's just great. And then around here in Darwin, there's many places where you can actually go out and get reasonably close to birds and get a variety of you know, green pygmy geese, um, leaden fly catches, all sorts of beautiful birds. Mm. Do, do you shoot them for anyone in particular or just for your own? Uh, uh, mostly for my own. I would like to have done nature as a as a job, um, but um, various things got in the way and I'm, I fundamentally missed the boat. And then when I did um, motorsport, because it was every other weekend, and in Australia we, we usually um, racing at the best time of year to photograph birds, so I couldn't get to... Um, um, What's that? Oh. Um, so I couldn't get to go to um, places to go and photograph birds. So motor racing fundamentally got in the way of the, the nature. Mm. But I don't mind. It's all good. Okay. Dirk, you very kindly shared some of those uh, photos uh, on Facebook. Uh, congratulations. They were absolutely stunning. The fabulous photos. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Yeah, no, it's... It was, yeah, like people who know me around the motorsport, particularly in the early days, you know, when I used to maybe get off, lose my temper a little bit and um, <laughs> surprise, surprise, um, you know, they, they they would marvel at how or why I'd be doing bird photography because I could quite easily walk around for three hours and not take a picture and I'd, I'd have the best time. It's just fabulous. John Pike always well, said that he never, he never got uh, any uh, congratulatory um, comments about his car photography. But when he went off and started doing the cosplay stuff, he said he never had so many people saying what a great photographer he was. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> so um, yeah, and and it's funny because you know I. I think the, the the bird pictures are beautiful, hence why I put them up. And in the past, on the Instagram as well, I hardly get any likes, yet my motor racing ones, even some of my ordinary ones, would get loads of likes and, um, you know, ticks or whatever. So it's it's quite quite weird sometimes. Mm. Um, tell us, it's a very different sort of race meeting because – um, only the one category there and 24 cars. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of people you know there who would all be saying, well, we, are, we know Dirk's here now. We, we can go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, but was there still that, you know, that vibe that is around a, a major race meeting? There is a bit of a vibe, and there, there, there was, but it's it's really weird. Um, 
there's only one photographer allowed in pit lane, and that's Mark Osborough because uh, he shoots for supercars. Um, myself, Daniel Kalish, Ben Ald, and Reese Vanderside, we weren't allowed within a certain area, a distance of the paddock. So we basically had to work out of cars. We had to leave our laptops and camera gear in the car. Um, so it made it very difficult. And it's, yeah, just for, for us four, it was quite, um, it was quite, uh, removed, I suppose, is a word to say. We still went out and did our thing and it was good to do and it was good to get back into it. Um, but it was missing that bit of an edge that uh, normally we would have. Mm. Are you allowed and, to and shoot at the back of the garages or anything like that or are you just completely no, barred? not allowed in the paddock at all. Completely barred. That yeah. does make it hard. Yeah. yeah, not allowed near the paddock at all. Um, and it's not just us. Um, the teams, for instance, They've got um, cones set up on their um, from their transporters to the garages, and they're not allowed outside those cones. So they're only allowed in their transporter or in their garage. Uh, the only time they're allowed into pit lane is when they push the cars out, when they push them in, or doing tire stops. So it's all very restrictive, and um, apparently uh, even Sean Seaman's not allowed to be here. So, and he owns the show. Mm. They're taking it seriously. That's the great thing. And, you know, in order to get a television event happening. Um, you obviously were out there. Did you get close to the fans at all? Did you see any oh, direct? Yeah, I was walking in amongst them. So, yep. um, and to be perfect, I don't know, it's in some places they were spread out. In other places they were all tightly knit. There was a police presence there. Um, the fans were well behaved. Um, they enjoyed it. They Lightly clap whenever someone did something pleasant. Um, uh, so you know, it was a good. In that respect, it was still a good vibe, and the the spectators were glad to be there. Um, obviously, there was no corporate. There was no, um, not much of anything going on. There was a lot of um, places where they could still buy food, um, and there was plenty of room in in the shaded areas for them to sit. So there was no one actually stuck out in the in the baking sun. Mm. And it was hot. Okay. So drivers did well. <laughs> in what way? Some of them. Some <laughs> of them. <laughs> the usual culprits, of course. The usual culprits. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I must, I must say it was good to see Techno with Chris Spitter get a, a result on Saturday. Um, I, I think that's, you know, sort of overdue for, mm-hmm. for that team. Um, yeah. And, and, and certainly to see... You know Kelly racing with uh, both uh, Andre and, and Rick making progress, and obviously they've still got some handicaps with engines and stuff like that. Um, what about uh, Anton's no win? Press. Anton's yeah. win, yeah. yeah. Look, it, uh, I'm in two minds about it, to be honest. Um, I understand why they're doing it, um, but when you see guys that. Um, despite being talented, aren't there winning races because of um, because they're doing the let's, – let's win Saturday and bugger the rest of the weekend. Um, I'm not sure that that's great racing as such. Um, the, and the passing's too easy. When, if, I don't, when you see it live, a car on soft tyres passes a car on hard tyres really easily. Um, yeah. And it's – there's no fighting. Um, Scott didn't 
fight for to save his position at all. You know, as soon as the guy dived up on the inside, he he stayed out wide, and as did the others. It wasn't just Scott. Um, so, look, there's pros and cons for it, um, and I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. Okay. One thing you didn't sit on the fence of, and, and that's fine. I'm not in any way. Is your comments regarding the uh, Coulthard Jamie Wincup uh, re- released by Red Bull? I happen to be of a mind that I'm fairly close to what you are because I think you're right in saying that maybe they've created a dangerous precedent um, in terms of a car making its way back in at the expense of somebody having to slow. Yeah. Look, I have I, I've liked Craig Baird from since he was a racing driver. He's a very talented driver. He's a very nice bloke. He's very level-headed. He's a very good bloke to, to talk to, and I've spoken to him lots of times at airports when we're waiting for, to come home or go to. Um, and I know I've said as much in my post, and and frankly, um, and I said I think he's heard on this occasion, uh, the, the laws state that it's up to the stationary car to not... Or it's their responsibility at the end of the day, right? Now, there is an out clause whether the car's in a fast lane or not. But the way I see it, um, you know, they they let that car out in front of... Remembering he's... Even if he's doing 25 or 30 k's and not doing 40 k's, he's still travelling at a speed. So when when Jamie is released, to avoid an accident... Um, Fabian had to stop or at least break. He still got hit. The, the evidence is on the on the on the front wing. So in my opinion, there is enough rules that apply to this instance where Craig could have penalised um, Jamie, but he used their one and only rule not to penalise him. Yet in the past, other people have been penalised for for incidents where cars haven't hit them, where they've just had to stop because they've come out in front. But you're right. If if this becomes the norm, a lot of um, car controllers are going to look at a situation and go, well, that's dodgy. Ah, let him go. Yeah. Because there's no penalty can be applied. And it's going to create a situation. And I was right in a mix of it in Adelaide when Rick yeah. and... Um, I can't Chaz. remember it, yeah. when they yeah. when they had their tater tape in pit lane, and it was quite hairy. I can tell you. I, mm. I can assure. I'm, I agree with you totally. Mm. I I found it quite extraordinary that Rick got away with what he did because mm. it, it it you know he had a foot into it and turned the car. But, but this is what I what I feel might happen is that. If there's going to be a penalty to be applied, there's got to be a proper hit. Well, the guys in fast lane, instead of jeopardising their race, might just plough into the guy mm. who's pulled out in front of them. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's um, Jones or whether it's Rick or whether it's um, Jack or whoever. You know, um, it. it that thought process might just come into it in, in the second and they just go, you know what, he shouldn't be doing that and the only way he's going to penalise is if I hit him. And, and somebody who stood in pit lane, not beside you because you guys 
were there far more on pit lane wall than I ever was. Mm. But both Peter and Dirk, um, you would have had experiences of this at many times. I, I, one of the things I've always remembered, and I won't name the driver because it's not important, but when I hear drivers talk about, oh, they're slowing us too much, you know, we're trying to race out there. And I think, there are people standing here for Christ's sake. You know, these guys forget that. You know, this is not the racetrack. This is why you're limited to 40 Ks. You know, because if, if they didn't, it would be like as as you when you first started. There was no spit limit down there. You know, they just came down what they wanted to. Peter? Peter, have you? Yeah, um, 40 kilometres sound, uh, sounds very, very slow. But uh, I, I was also there at Adelaide in pit lane, and it was remarkable how far the cars went uh, and how far sideways they that, that it slid out of control from only 40 kilometres. Uh, so if it becomes elbows out in pit lane and, and a bit of push and shove, it, it will get quite uh, quite messy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm quite concerned by the precedent that's set. Um, I'm a bit of a tax nerd. I've been known to study tax law and legislation and legal things. And uh, uh, with all respect to the decision makers, I think that they went clutching at straws to explain the decision that they made. Uh, people are getting excited about the word uh, 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 already, uh, about whether a car was already wholly within the fast lane. Uh, if you get barristers and stuff, they'd go to go to town on that one word because it's not necessary for, to make sense of that, that line. Um, you know, do you have to give way to a car that is wholly in the fast lane? That would make sense. Why is that word already there? And I think that that word actually paints the context. It's about cars that have had their pit stop and are returning to the fast lane. It's the only way that that, uh, that quoted uh, uh, rule uh, uh, makes any sense. So they're clutching at straws to cover up. To cover up's the wrong word. But they're clutching at straws to explain a decision that I think that they now have to come out and rewrite the rule. Otherwise, it's going to get quite nasty in pit lane. Is this the right. whole, uh, you know, it wasn't a full rotation um, incident of 2020? Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like it. Yeah. But getting back into the um, the pit lane thing, and uh, people are commenting that um, um, Fabian was already turning into his pit box, right? There's not a lot of room in pit lane. I don't know if people think that there's like hundreds of metres in between between um, the pit garages. If the, if the car doesn't turn in when Fabs was basically turning in, it's nearly impossible to get into your pit box, right, even at 40 kilometres an hour. Um, yeah. So, and every single team and car does it, right? They, and sometimes... Um, what will happen is a team will drive through another garage's, another team's um, crew because so that they get a straight line into their garage. You know, like when there's a safety car, everyone comes out into pit lane, all the crew are standing there with their tyres. Um, just for argument's sake, Jamie comes down. I don't know who's behind Jamie in the, in the garages these days. Be a ticket. Thank you. Whoever. They'll... they'll He'll come in and drive between through, let's just say, walking shore mechanics to get to his garage so he doesn't have to do the, the really steep turn in. So it's something that they have to do. 
Um, so for when people are justifying um, that Fab should have, oh, that Jamie shouldn't be um, penalised because Fab's was not in the fast lane, if he got to past that point, he wasn't going to make his box. So he had to turn him. Yeah, yeah indeed. Indeed. Mm. Um, uh, looking, but, looking, sorry. Uh, isn't it wonderful, though, that we've actually got a racing incident to debate? After so many <laughs> months of not having racing to argue about, we're back. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, we're back. Back in my bed. One thing, Dirk, I'd like to ask you about is now we're in a new age, particularly for photographers. I mean, I, I can't imagine that for journalists that they'd be having. There's no media room there open. Um, they didn't have any press conference. They didn't have any uh, uh, podium uh, moment on Saturday. Then they changed and decided to do it on Sunday. You still weren't allowed to go and photograph anybody there, were you? I had to shoot it from the racetrack. So I was actually I was actually on the main straight um, yep. for the for the Sunday and the um, the two Sunday races, um, which weren't ideal. The, the photos were okay, but and they're usable, but um, no, I, I'm not allowed in the where the podium is. I did. Um, notice, this will be different because it's up high. And I, I did notice that um, uh, Jamie. Uh, James Courtney and also Scott Pye on Saturday were quite vocal saying it was wrong and Anton deserved to be up on yeah, that podium. podium. Uh, he didn't get to spray the champagne and he didn't get, you know, he didn't get that photo, um, which, yeah. you know, is what marks the win because the memories, well, they can fade. Yeah. Oh, look, I agree. You'd be rather flat when you, um, you just won your first race and, you can't really celebrate. You get given a trophy and got told to go away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can. They're quite right. There should be a podium. Uh, you don't have to be as stupid as F1 with their robot delivering trophies yeah. and everyone 40 metres back. Yeah. Tell us now, you've got two more days uh, in Darwin this weekend mm-hmm. um, coming up. You've got three days to go before then. What, what are you doing over these three days? Well. Tomorrow, um, myself and Mark Horsburgh are playing uh, two printers for the uh, from the NT Times. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a photographer versus the uh, printers in a game of golf. Um, okay. So um, you might hear some swearing and cussing going on. Um, Eight, 18 holes? No, 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 we're just going to do nine. It's, it's uh-huh. too hot. Mark's got jobs to do at four o'clock, so we're, okay. we're on a limited time frame. Um, okay. So we'll just have nine holes, and uh, we'll take the uh, the black jacket home. Yeah. <laughs> and so then uh, you've got you know long longish days on Saturday and Sunday, and I suppose the blessed thing is you're not allowed near the garages because you know there'll probably be a fair bit of frantic work going on there, um, particularly on the Sunday. Uh, when do you fly south again? Uh, well, we just booked the tickets today, actually. Uh, so I fly back on um, Monday. I leave 2.30 uh, yep. back to Brisbane and then up to Townsville on Tuesday. So okay. that, that had to be negotiated with um, cancelled tickets and whatnot. So um, there was a bit of – there was a chance I was going to drive down, but I didn't want to do that. Now – Interestingly, with the yes, series right. going four days in a row, or four weekends in a row, what does that mean for 
you guys that are having to be on the road too? Do you get to go home and then go up to Townsville or are you going straight across to Townsville or do you have to miss it? Well, originally I was going to go straight to Townsville and stay in Townsville, um, but there was limited flights available and then there was no flights available because we had to hang on. Uh, We were then thinking about the charter flight that – I uh, had a reason to be at home on Monday, so we're flying home Monday and then I'll fly back up to Townsville on Tuesday. Then I'll be there for the 12 days or whatever it is, I don't know, two weeks. Um, then we'll fly home. And then if the rumours are true, we'll have two weeks at QR, one week off and then Bathurst, maybe. And that's what's been interesting. What is the word on the street? What's the word on Mitchell Street? Uh, well, I don't know about Mitchell Street, um, but um, uh, strong strong rumours there was no spectators at Bathurst. Wow! And I and I don't know if um, I don't know if um, QR is happening yet. Yeah. Peter, uh, you've uh, got an interesting news press just, release. Yes, uh, Motorsport Australia have tonight uh, released uh, an announcement about motorsport in New South Wales, uh, and of course Bathurst is in the state of New South Wales. Uh, they've announced that the New South Wales Chief Health Officer has implemented new restrictions which will impact the ability for events to go ahead in New South Wales. As of 19 August, no national or state-level events can be held anywhere in New South Wales for an expected six-week period. So uh, race to your calendars. Uh, where does six weeks drop us out? Rocky, it's close. Very yeah. Yeah, yeah, dodgy as. Oh, um, look, I don't know. It's just, I just go and take photographs. <laughs> and hope people aren't holding calendars in front of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Have uh, or do you expect to hear something about Queensland Raceway um, in the next 10 days or so? Well, I, I thought it was already a given, but I haven't heard any more, so I'm not too sure. But it makes sense. They they need to have so many races. Yes. Uh, CAMS have, or sorry, Motorsport Australia have um, determined that they need to have X number of races and they need to be in X number of states and or territories. And that's why supercars push so hard for this event to happen here in Darwin. Um, um, Because just by chance, if Motorsport Australia wanted to determine that despite qualifying that Melbourne's going to be a non-event, then they'd have only raced in three states and then they couldn't have a a champion. I find that one a hard one to take because the Australian Rally Championship's being run or was about to be run over four rounds, which was at two events. So I think the the CAMs can say the Australian Touring Car Championship, Motorsport Australia can say the Australian Touring Car Championship is... One race at New Blast in December. They they own the um mm. they own the deal. So I think that that that's just seemed like it was an arbitrary. Oh, we've got to do this just to make it sound legit. I think they still got to, despite it being supercars show, and rightly so. Um, they still have to follow, um, well, track licenses, etc. You know, so there's still a degree of of control by Motorsport Australia. Cairns doesn't exist anymore as such, does it? 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I've just pulled out the calendar and counted how many weeks uh, how to get to six. Uh, the Wednesday, the thirtieth of September, is the six weeks. Right. So are they allowed into the state prior to? Oh yeah, absolutely. But but uh, an event of a state or national level, and Bathurst would be of a national level, um, it simply cannot run in New South Wales for six weeks. Mm. If they yeah, extend it, you, you said so. It's the Wednesday before. Yeah, uh, if they extend it to seven weeks, you would squeak it in um, because if, if it's counted from oh, okay. midweek uh, to the Wednesday, so it's still, so it's still reasonably safe. Mm. Yeah, uh, if they make it eight weeks, Bathurst State would have to move. Yeah, it would certainly be an extraordinary thing were Bathurst to go ahead on the date proposed um, without the public. Um, boy, that would be... Uh, it's likely to happen, I think. I, yeah. I have facetiously said to Peter before, it has happened before, Bathurst without a crowd. And do you remember when Seven got pilloried for putting the virtual signs up around the track so you couldn't see the spectator mounds uh, when it was a two-litre mm. event? So, it, look, it can happen. Uh, it's just not ideal. Well, of course, that. That's, of course, another world that we're going to be entering in 21 where it's Channel 7 again, where um, they will have the TCR 5,000 meetings and the supercars. Um, Certainly indications are that uh, there may well be a few more free-to-airs than they've been in the last uh, number of the uh, Fox-dominated broadcasts. That Mm. would obviously uh, make a difference to the what the teams can sell, and that's one of the things I know that Kim Jones, Craig and I have talked about that uh, will be a different landscape. Craig? Interestingly, reporting, Repco is to replace Super Cheap next year at the Bathurst yep. 1000. Triple C has put out a, a white paper as a such about how search engines might have to start paying uh, media organisations for the stories that they're putting out. And it's been very, very interesting to see Google's response. And this, of course, will have an impact to Speed Cafe, Motorsport.com and potentially Supercars.com as it will the AFL, the Rugby League and then News.com and Nine Media. Uh, You're spot on, Craig. It's something that's been evolving for quite a few months now. Uh, And uh, a credit to the ACCC, they're taking a world-leading position here on how to address the, the way that uh, 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 Google, Facebook, all of those sorts of things have really uh, taken the world of advertising away from traditional sources. Um, uh, uh, Google, it's free to do a search, uh, but they've become, of course, the, the modern-age yellow pages. Uh, if you're a business and you want to advertise, where do you advertise? No one watches TV. No one buys a newspaper. Yellow Pages is dead. You have to really advertise on social media platforms or, or with Google. Uh, it's not quite a monopoly, but they behave in a, a monopoly-like way. Um, everyone has seen the demise of media uh, all around the country, uh, small newspapers, bigger newspapers, uh, lots of things have closed. Uh, and then COVID came along to uh, really kick in the, in the gut those that were surviving. Um, so, yeah, the ACCC have put out 
uh, uh, discussion papers and a code of conduct and other things to try to drag Google and the, the publishers to the table to negotiate a way uh, so that uh, Google, who are not short of a quid, uh, should contribute to the cost of creating those news stories that populate their their systems. Um, Google's the most topical one today because uh, at the bottom of that Google search page, there's a, a, a message and a button to hit uh, so that you can go and have a listen to uh, or read what their view of things is. Um, the, the, this topic applies equally to Facebook, Instagram, and others. Uh, Facebook is perhaps the, the better example where I, I know in my personal viewing habits that Facebook has become my newspaper. Uh, that's where I see... Uh, the feeds from Speed Cafe, from Supercars, uh, from Supercar Extra, uh, all of those places that, uh, uh, you know, sadly, not many of us buy the print versions anymore. We go to Facebook or similar uh, to, to uh, consume our news. So that there are journalists and photographers and others out there uh, uh, working away very diligently, creating that content, and Google and Facebook are the ones clipping the ticket they're the ones collecting big advertising uh, income out of other people's efforts. Um, it's a tricky, tricky topic, and there is an argument uh, uh, for, for the counterpoint. But what's most uh, topical today is the, uh, the uh, information that Google's put out, uh, and uh, uh, ACCC and others have come out to, to really rubbish what their claims are. Uh, Google is suggesting that people may have to pay to do a search. But it's ludicrous. Um, Google would never do that because all of those people doing their searches is why people advertise with them. It's nonsensical, that claim that Australian users would have to pay to Google a topic. Um, the idea of restricting the services, again, just nonsense. Uh, Google rely on people using their search engine. That's why people buy their ads. Um, and yeah, really it's the fact of, of uh, they've stolen the market. Uh, in a clever way, uh, but the, yeah, they've hijacked the market and the people creating the content at great cost uh, get so little uh, so little out of it. Um, there are innovative business models for various news outlets uh, uh, that uh, do some clever things, uh, but most are relying on the banner advertising and other things, and it just doesn't stack up because there's so little advertising space to sell. Um, a new way of sharing the revenue is really, really critical. Uh, I advise certain businesses from a financial side, uh, and I've seen firsthand how jolly effective the Google AdWords auction process works. Um, it exploits every fraction of a cent out of what people are willing to spend for advertising. They're really, really clever. We have to respect that. Um, but their claims today is just nonsense. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that the world can come to a, a balanced way of sharing the huge revenue that they're, they're generating. It's going to be interesting, Tony, right. to see how that uh, yeah. will play out. Indeed. Mm. Now, a couple of other... I remember watching... Can I just very briefly say, I remember watching that film about Mark Zuckerberg and the foundations of Facebook, and I went at the time and went, these are not people that I want to know about. And sure enough, that's exactly what's come through. <laughs> it's amazing how your early instincts can lead you in a direction. You go, yep, fine, that's it. 
Craig, mm. by all means. They're extremely clever, the business model, really, really clever, and you've got to respect that. Uh, but th- now they've been too successful, uh, and there has to be some rebalance there. Um, and really, as a fifth-generation fifth journalist, I find it totally objectionable when Facebook say, oh, we're not publishers. We're just putting up a signpost here where people can hang their news. Bullshit. You're publishers and you don't take responsibility. And for that reason, while they might be clever, I think they're gutless and all they're trying to do is rip off those people who have earned a living from words for a long time and who are now saying, that's enough. We've had it. Not wrong. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there needs to be a rebalance. Otherwise, there'll be less and less news. Uh, and yeah. for a society, that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, we've got elections coming up in the US. Uh, a lot has been written about social media and uh, uh, that the role that that has in the big elections over there. Um, a good society needs uh, a, a range of media outlets so that you can receive different opinions. You can receive uh, sensible debate about things. Uh, and if we don't find a solution to share the revenue, and ensure the sustainability of media, uh, you're going to end up with a single voice. And I think that's pretty dangerous. Mm. Um, what's interesting about this code of conduct that the ACCC put out uh, many months ago now, uh, it invited people to the table. Uh, uh, the Google, Facebook and the others, uh, they ignored it. Uh, and it was a few weeks ago now that the government really announced saying, well, if you're not going to play nicely, the government will step in and, and just force a, a price onto onto Google uh, and, and the others. Uh, so watch this space. It really is uh, an important battle uh, about the sustainability of uh, an industry I know that we all love, uh, but I think that the, uh, uh, the people who read news uh, or consume it in whichever way, uh, it's something that they need to be aware of as well uh, and just be informed consumers. And uh, they've also announced that it's going to be a top 10 shootout at Townsville as they uh, do some tweaking of the, f- uh, of the formats. Yeah. Now, interestingly, Auto Action have uh, run a story today. Heath McAlpine's reporting that Bathurst next year, so a little bit different Andrew Van Leeuwen's story, uh, it's going to be Napa. Um, he's going with uh, that Repco is owned by Genuine Auto Parts, which also owns Napa, and uh, Auto Action, reading from uh, Heath's story, also understands Napa is in line to take over the naming rights of the championship next year, replacing Virgin. So there's some very interesting stories still being made, even in this COVID, not allowed at the track, one photographer in pit lane world. It will be sad to see uh, Super Cheap go. Uh, uh, They've sort of snuck up on us. Uh, They first sponsored the event in, uh, I believe, 2005. Um, That's a remarkable run, and uh, I think we need to congratulate them for their support of the sport that we love uh, and being a part of such a, a wonderful event. I think not only that, uh, Peter, the way in which they backed it up in having that store that they put up at Bathurst each year and the way in which that they not only said, right, this is where we are, but this is where we're going to sell from as well. And you only had to walk around the paddock and out out in the camping grounds to see 
that they were selling stuff successfully there and making, a, you know, an income from that store. Uh, I just loved the, the almost the cultural fit. Uh, one of my favourite uh, bits of signage uh, up on the mountain was the big sign at McPhillamy saying, Happy Bathurst Day. Uh, and then in following years, that became their TV ads and other things. Uh, and, you know, for, for us that love the sport, it, it is like a birthday. It's a big thing for us. Happy Bathurst Day. It's important. Uh, I, I'm really concerned about whether we'll get a Happy Bathurst Day this year. Uh, fingers crossed that we do. Hey, boys, it's been lovely. Thank you, Dirk. We greatly appreciate it. The one comment I'd like to say is that uh, um, Dirk earlier on told me that uh, his wife, Wendy, back uh, in out in Brisbane, of course, you're out the back of the Gold Coast in the name of his former? No. Uh, no, it's, uh, she was in Gold Coast Uni Hospital. Mm. Right. Okay. Oh, no, we're in Beachmont. We're up in the hinterland, yeah. Yeah, uh, out the back there. Um, yeah, so that uh, pleased to hear that the thing has gone well. So it's a shout-out to Wendy Kleinsmith. I'm pleased to it. And, and, of course, I know that, uh, Craig, that you have, and I'm probably sure that Peter has as well. We were all been customers at some stage in the Kleinsmith world of cafes. That's not yep. coming back in the near future, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I did enjoy it. It was very good. It was good fun. Yeah. And we enjoyed coming there as well. And- um, Thank you, and I appreciate your comments about Wendy. Yeah. No, we're really pleased. And, uh, look, have a great weekend uh, up there in, in um, first of all, Hidden Valley this weekend and then a couple of weekends in Townsville. And we hope, as is likely, which would suit you as well, of course, to be driving down the Queensland Raceway, down the Ipswich Way. Oh, absolutely. And if, you, if you're willing to have me back, I'd love to be back. Mm. Wonderful. Fantastic. We certainly will. Talk to you after the Townsville round. I won't look so blue next time. <laughs> Doesn't matter Thanks for radio. Much. Dirk Kleinsmith, that's it for another episode of Inside Supercars. It's fantastic to have had our Northern correspondent, Dirk Kleinsmith, on board. Joining Peter Norton and Craig Ravel from Canberra, myself, down south Long Way. Wonderful to be uh, back on Inside Supercars again. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to next week bringing you some more treats from the second of the Darwin specials, Hidden Valley number two. Thank you. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.